Reports from Carlow County Council by Suzanne Pender. Housing in Carlow Town has reached crisis point. The scramble for housing in Carlow Town is having devastating consequences for families and students, with availability extremely low. Councillor John Casson stated at the recent meeting of Carlow Municipal District that the situation had reached crisis point with students unable to get accommodation and rents of €1,000 a month being sought in Carlow Town for a two-bedroom department. People can't find anywhere to rent, and HAP is not enough. It's supposed to be 33% of an income, but people are paying up to maybe 50% of their income on rent, he stated. Councillor Adrienne Wallace said she had been overwhelmed with the number of calls she had received from people scrambling for accommodation. Students have nowhere to live, she said, adding that the council should look at providing student-specific accommodation. Councillor Andrea Dalton stated that notice to quit and termination of tenancy was a huge problem at the moment. She stated that she was fearful for the future unless more housing comes on stream. Senior Executive Officer Brian O'Donovan accepted that HAP, the Housing Assistance Payment Scheme, was causing difficulties and reflected on the challenging market being experienced. He said the Council's role was social housing and accommodating students was not part of its remit. Mr O'Donovan urged people who have received a notice to quit or termination of tenancy to engage with the Council as soon as possible to allow time to seek alternative solutions. Councillor Wallace wondered if the government parties were suffering from amnesia, before adding, it's your policies that have created this mess. She also referred to her recent notice of motion, which called for the introduction of rent caps, a ban on evictions into homelessness, and the streamlining of compulsory purchase orders of vacant homes, which was unsupported and defeated at a recent council meeting. The day after that motion at the county council, people before profit voted against 600 homes being built in Dublin for 600 families, retorted Councillor Finton Phelan. Development plan for social housing is up and running. Moves to redevelop the former St Vincent de Paul Hostel for Social Housing have already got underway. Senior Executive Officer Brian O'Donovan confirmed that the Council had made inquiries in relation to the Dublin Road property, which will no longer be used for homeless services by the charity, with alternative accommodation currently being put in place. We have asked St Vincent de Paul for an option on it for development in the future and they stated they were happy to work with us, but it is at the very earliest stage, cautioned Mr O'Donovan in replying to a question from Councillor Tom O'Neill. Councillor O'Neill asked if there was a plan for the building. Mr O'Donovan said it was considered for social housing. However, he added that the council would have to see if the costings made sense. Councillor John Casson asked if the Council had met representatives of Carlo de Paul, the new organisation that's taking over the charity's homeless services, how the new apartment-style accommodation was allocated and if it was a short or long-term lease. Mr O'Donovan confirmed that the Council had engaged with de Paul and that the apartments were allocated on the basis of emergency stroke temporary accommodation to a three- to six-month maximum stay. 
Councillor Adrienne Wallace asked about an audit of all fire alarms in council properties and the availability of bungalows and housing specific to people with disabilities. Mr O'Donovan confirmed that fire alarm inspections are carried out by the fire service and that specially adapted bungalows were built in conjunction with Tintawn at Pollerton and at River Court. However, there were currently no vacancies. Mr O'Donovan outlined an up-to-date progress report in relation to a number of council housing projects, including St Mary's Park, where they expected to be on site in the next two weeks, and Staplestown Road, where work will begin in the next couple of weeks. He also confirmed that the council had secured a property at Tanner Hall, and within the next two months, a Part 8 in relation to a housing project at Lachlan Road was expected to come before the municipal district. Unfinished road surfaces cause concern. Gritty, unfinished road surfaces, despite undergoing an upgrade, are causing concern among the public, according to local councillors. Councillor Finton Phelan raised the matter of recent road upgrades at Sharon Avenue and Haymarket at the recent meeting of Carlow Municipal District. I've had a number of inquiries about the surfaces used on the roads at Sharon Avenue and Haymarket, The condition the streets have been left in afterwards is causing a concern, said Councillor Phelan. What material is being used? Because there is a question about the grit that's left behind and the quality of the road surface. Councillor Fergal Brown agreed and pointed to a previous experience of this particular road surface at College Street, which he said was eroding already. It is a cheaper road surface, which means we can get more roads done, But it doesn't look great, said Councillor Brown. Councillor John Casson recalled the previous resurfacing of Kennedy Avenue, which, when done, looked like a dog's dinner, but then took a number of weeks to settle in before the look improved. We have been assured that the sweepers will be down there, Sharon Avenue and Haymarket, in the next few days and take up the grit. Is that the case? asked Councillor Casson. Carlo MD engineer Barry Knowles said it was a macadam surface dressing which does take time for the material to bed in, requiring traffic to travel on it. Mr Knowles stated that sweepers are used to take away the loose chippings off the road, but it cannot be swept at the moment because it is bedding in. Councillor Andrea Dalton suggested communicating with the public about how the process works because many people feel the road is unfinished. Mr Knowles also outlined the multi-annual restoration improvement programme for 2022 to 2024. This includes restoration works in 2022 at Hanover Roundabout, Clockna, the Numbers Road, Browns Hill Avenue, Browns Hill Link Road and Staplestown Church Road. Work plans for 2023 include Hanover Bus Park, County Hall, Athai Road, Slaty Street, the Slip Road at IT Carlow and Ballybar Crossroads. Works for 2024 include Church Street, Greg Cullen, Sion Cross, Benekerry, Railway Road and Closh Pump Tuller Road Roundabout. The programme was proposed by Councillor Brown, seconded by Councillor Casson and adopted by the members. Crumbling walkways force partial closure of Forest Park. Dilapidated walkways at Oak Park Forest Park have forced the closure of some sections within the park for the winter months. 
At the recent meeting of Carlow Municipal District, Councillor Fergal Brown expressed his reluctance to be discussing an active travel programme aimed at encouraging more walking and cycling in our town, yet, at the same time, the Council had restricted access to certain areas of Oak Park Forest Park. There are now restrictions in place at Oak Park Forest Park because of bad footpaths and no dates for their reopening or when the work will be starting or when it will be completed. I have a huge concern closing those sections under these circumstances, stated Councillor Brown. Carlo MD engineer Barry Knowles confirmed that following a review of the walkways within the forest park, it was decided to close some sections for the winter period. He stated that funding had been granted for works in the forest park and the walkways would be reopened in early 2022. We are putting the project out to tender and would be hoping to have a contractor by early spring to have it reopened by late spring, early summer, stated Mr Knowles. Councillor Finton Phelan said that funding of €200,000 was secured for Oak Park Forest Park to upgrade the walkways and he urged the council to pursue the project as soon as possible. Gridlock nightmare has become a major problem. Traffic chaos has gripped Carlow Town at peak times over the past few weeks, with more and more motorists now on the move. At the recent meeting of Carlow Municipal District, Councillor Fergal Brown expressed his concern about the huge traffic build-up experienced on Burren Street, blocking the street and impacting severely on the Kennedy Avenue junction at Carlow Post Office. Can you alternate the traffic lights at Burns Street onto the Kilkenny Road even for 20 minutes at peak times because the traffic is backed up there and even blocking the junction at the post office, he said. Referring to plans under the active travel programme for more pedestrians and cycle paths in the town, Councillor John Casson warned that cycling to school was currently impossible with the volumes of traffic. The town is completely choked up from 8.30am to 9.15am, said Councillor Casson. He added that the situation reaffirmed the urgent need for a southern relief road in the town. Carlo MD engineer Barry Knowles stated that the council hopes to carry out improvement works at the Kilkenny Road, Burren Street Junction by realigning the junction and the traffic light timings. We can tweak it as much as we can, but the issue is the volume of traffic but we will take a look at it over the next few days, said Mr Knowles. Councillor Finton Phelan pointed out that the traffic problem was actually extending back to Grey Cullen and the Lachlan Road. Councillor Andrea Dalton remarked that she had received numerous complaints about traffic from members of the public in recent weeks, with travel times to school and even short journeys of 10 minutes taking over an hour. Councillor Dalton said that as people return to work and to schools, the council would have to observe how things progress over the coming weeks, but stressed, we need a relief road as a priority. Godfrey's Gospel, according to Michael Godfrey. Budget day shenanigans are getting tiresome. The weeks of speculation as to who will get what in the annual budget are finally over, and all of the kite flying as to who will get what has finally ended. Once day-to-day spending has been accounted for, there is only so much in the pot. After that, it is up to the Ministers for Finance and Public Expenditure to do their magic, which is making everyone feel they are getting something when in reality, not much is being given out at all. 
The mere fact that it now takes two ministers to tell us that says it all. Back in the day, one person had overall responsibility. But as the years went by, a whole government department was created to dish out more ministerial jobs. The government, any government, is good at that. But it is not always a good thing, because sometimes a government department may be absorbed by another, which is what happened to Defence and Foreign Affairs. And ask any member of our armed forces how that has worked out, and you will not be surprised by their answers. But back to the budget. One kite being floated is all the good news in relation to our old age pensioners, or senior citizens as they are now called and rightly so. The latest good news figure being bandied about is an increase of €5 a week in the state pension. Can you just imagine the difference €5 will make to any pensioner? But I suppose €5 is better than nothing, considering this important sector of society has not seen any increase in the money they are expected to live on for at least two years. There are additional benefits, of course, such as the fuel allowance. But put the entire package together and it means people are only barely getting by on state aid at a stage of their lives when they are supposed to be able to have more time to enjoy themselves. I remember some years ago talking to a retired person who took a trip on the train every week. It didn't matter where the train was going, he simply wanted to pass the time, see different faces, and more importantly, stay warm without having to spend money on fuel. That is not living, but the man had no other choice. It was either sit on the train or spend money he didn't have on fuel, so naturally he sat on the train. Many retirees would love to take a part-time job, not just to meet people, but also to supplement their income. However, there is a problem in this country, which we do not recognise at all. Ageism. In my eyes, I'm still young, but I can remember over ten years ago being interviewed for a job, and during the conversation, because that's all an interview really is, I began to get a feel for things, and not being able to contain myself had to blurt out that I felt the interviewer was only going through the motions, and irrespective of what was on my CV, my experiences and my capabilities, I would never be offered the job simply because I was too old. Naturally, the person opposite me disagreed, but in the end, when I made it quite clear I wouldn't sue, so to speak, a view was expressed which indicated the interests of the company concerned might be better served by hiring someone with less experience. Recently, there has been a lot of talk about the need for people to fund their own pensions so as not to be totally reliant on the state when retirement finally arrives. But there has been a lot of talk about that for as long as I can remember, with several government papers of all different colours being published and nothing happening. Many moons ago, a fund was set aside to protect state pensions, but it has been raided on a number of occasions to bail out the country from one crisis or another. No one sector of society, irrespective of the benefits this year's budget contains, will be happy with the outcome. There needs to be a mindset change about getting the best value for money, which will free up more funds to spend on services, as well as mandatory retirement. Otherwise, the problems which currently exist for those who really look for some help on budget day will be left disappointed.